Hi, everyone. This is Stefan. This Insight episode is taken from number 36 of the podcast with Liana Chua. I really enjoyed this entire episode with Liana and learned a lot. So if you enjoyed this Insight episode, I can encourage you to go back and listen to episode 36 because there's many more insights scattered throughout the full episode. Liana is a social anthropologist at Brunel University London with long-term ethnographic interests in Borneo, ethnic politics, development, more than human landscapes, visuality, and materiality. Her current research revolves around the social, political, aesthetic, and effective dimensions of the global nexus around orangutan conservation. She received her PhD in social anthropology from the University of Cambridge, her MPhil in social anthropological analysis from the University of Cambridge, and her BA in modern history from the University of Oxford. This is the Finding Sustainability Podcast. Yeah, I had one last note, and that was something that you said earlier, which stuck with me. I've been thinking about it is this idea of the risk of dis- interdisciplinarity. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a phrase which I've come across a lot. It, it's definitely come up in some conversations that I've had with colleagues. Mm. Yeah, I would just be interested in your, your thoughts on that and what's the risk there. I think you mentioned earlier that it was about perhaps the misuse of methodologies or a lack mm-hmm. of understanding of theoretical aspects of particular types of work yeah it would be it would be happy to hear any any final thoughts on that yeah i think i think risk is something that we haven't really paid enough attention to um and i think it'd be very interesting as well to see if you know in the future um interdisciplinary grant applications actually um require applicants to sort of provide a a sort of risk mitigation statement or something you know like what happens if this whole thing falls apart or what happens if it doesn't really achieve the goals that it is meant to achieve because we don't really talk about that but there isn't really a sort of strong mechanism for retrospectively analyzing um you know the the success or the efficacy or whatever um the outcomes of um, interdisciplinary projects um so yeah i think i think the biggest risk is probably you know the inadvertent or maybe deliberate deliberate but very often inadvertent but kind of um um you know well-meaning misuse of particular methods of particular um perspectives that that are very easily detached from their disciplinary context and their disciplinary practitioners um you know the, i think the sort of classic example in orangutan conservation or in conservation more generally is is what people sometimes call social research which is um you know basically it's it's the deployment of um a set of interview techniques. Uh, it's it's basically using one-off interviews of maybe an hour long, where uh, carried out in various villages uh, as a means of gathering very very sort of quick and very um, basic information about the the, the inverted commas um, social situation of of the places where you might be thinking of establishing a conservation scheme. Um, and I think there's a sort of general feeling that once you've done that, you've kind of ticked the social box and you're okay to go ahead. Um, mm. But of course, one of the problems with interviews, and I've seen this many times, you know, sitting with friends in, 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 in the village in Borneo where these people from NGOs or the government turn up and they're just like, Oh, I don't, I don't understand what this question is asking. Um, let's just make up some answers. What do you think? Do you think they're going to give us money? Right. Let's tell them what they want to hear. So they'll give us lots of money. You know, I think there's a real kind of risk that, um, the sort of hasty deployment of just, standard interview techniques without really thinking very hard about the premise, the premises and the models 
um, underlying these techniques can lead to a very sort of superficial and very circumscribed understanding of a place that you absolutely need to understand. Um, so, you know, the sort of standard risk for interviews as used by conservation, for example, is that you just get the answers that people think conservationists want to hear or you don't get very candid or very in-depth mm-hmm. answers, you know, because conservation is such a kind of um, sensitive topic and they're fully aware that orangutans, for example, are endangered species that are protected by the law. So you kind of get very, very sort of superficial answers um, that are somehow then translated into policy. Um, so I think there is a real risk that, you know, without the proper training, without the proper kind of um, reflexive um, awareness of what they're actually doing, um, these practitioners can actually end up um, causing some real damage um, by 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 using this, these um, techniques and these methods um, in a slightly careless way. Um, I think the other sort of the other big risk um, is probably um, the possibility that disciplinary practitioners end up becoming even more territorial and protective than they used to be. And I've sort of seen this happen a little bit with some um, anthropologists who've dabbled a bit in interdisciplinary conversations and who've basically kind of stomped back, you know, to the to to anthropology conferences or to the office and just said, oh, my God, that was a disaster. I don't ever want to do that again. You know, oh, these scientists are so positivist or, you know, these these people just have no idea what social research actually involves. I never I never want to do this again. Um, And, you know, I. And again, this goes back to our earlier conversation about how you have to try and find ways to make yourself legible to each other. I think there's a real risk that if it's forced, um, interdisciplinary collaboration can actually end up um, increasing people's defensiveness about the distinctiveness um, of their particular discipline and its methods and its insights, um, such that, you know, you get a very brief moment of collaboration and then everyone else goes off their separate ways again. Uh, because um, they've actually decided that it's much nicer to to just kind of stay in their own comfortable fields. Um, I mean, this is a very sort of cynical take on it, but you know, I think I think this can happen, and I've certainly seen it happen. Um, so I think you know that that's um, those are the sort of two big risks that I that I think about when it comes to interdisciplinary interdisciplinary collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, the final risk. Um, Maybe I mean, maybe this is less of a sort of broad issue, but I think there is at the moment, I think there still is a bit of a risk for individual researchers, especially early career scholars um, who are genuinely keen on pursuing interdisciplinary options. Um, It depends on what particular field they're in, what particular disciplines they're in and and what these disciplines view of cross-disciplinary collaboration is. but at this point in time, I'd be very, very wary of advising uh, a PhD anthropologist, for example, to wholeheartedly go into interdisciplinary collaborations and grants if they want to get a permanent academic job. And, and again, that is because, you know, in terms of the structures of conventional academia and the, the sort of political economy of, of contemporary academia, it's actually not that easy um, to make uh, a career out of genuinely interdisciplinary work. And I know in, in some other fields, it is a lot easier to do that. But I mean, certainly in a lot of the social sciences and humanities, you know, there's still a big question mark um, over genuine interdisciplinarity. There's, there's still a lot of disciplinary territorialism. And so 
you know, when we talk about risks, I think we also need to think about how those risks are unevenly distributed across different groups of people and different structures. Um, you know, for some people, some collaborations are just more risky, period. Thanks again to all of you for listening and supporting this podcast. The show notes, which include more information about our guests and links to the material mentioned in the episodes, can be found on most podcast players or on our website. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Play, and it can also be streamed from our website. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, where we would be happy to connect and continue these discussions. Thanks again.